Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, bad host to Joe's superlative co-host, Joe McGranahan. Rob Centers, our fabulous producer. You going to say something? No, I'm just tired this morning. I've been up snow blowing since early this morning. Did you do the whole neighborhood again? No, I just did several people. <laughs> okay, good for you. You're kind. Uh, oh, my no, gosh. I'm, no, I'm tolerant. <laughs> Joe's kind. It says... Uh, day two, week one, offer to help someone who may be struggling. Well, so, what if they weren't struggling? Do I get points for that? What if they were capable of doing it themselves, but I did it for them? I don't know. We'll ask I don't get credit for that, do I? No. Sorry. But that would mean I'm tolerant, not kind. You're putting up with your neighbors. <laughs> All right. On the I'm more like they're putting up with me. Well, I'm sure that's true. On the Market is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check that out at sunburymotors.com. We have asked for and received another opportunity to talk to Bucknell University economics professor uh, Tom Kinnaman. Good morning, Tom. Thank you so much for calling in today. Good morning, sir. Yes, good morning. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate that. Now, I we, do, too. We've been... <laughs> Did I just say I? Yes, you did. Oh, I'm sorry. We appreciate it. Yeah, this is very true. We're very appreciative of that. Well, we're watching the big uh, safe transition from one president to another and lots of talk about the economic impact of his uh, policies, particularly as it relates to energy and executive orders. Can you kind of give us a first glance at what President Biden has done uh, from the economist's point of view? Sure. Well, Biden uh, certainly campaigned, uh, used rhetoric in the campaign to suggest that he was going to push the economy away from the use of certain fossil fuels and towards renewable energy. Um, Of course, the the executive orders have been issued. Probably the most dramatic one is ceasing production of the Keystone Pipeline. Um, But generally speaking, I think uh, the first few weeks have showed us a slight retreat from some of the campaign rhetoric. Is there a more learned view or objective view of uh, curtailing the Keystone XL pipeline? We know that it's going to cost jobs temporarily until all of those workers find work that they say is available elsewhere in the U.S., but the oil won't uh, be flowing through there, so gas prices may be going up as the economy recovers. Is there an economist's view of what, what has happened because of some of these decisions? Well, certainly disruptions like this are never good for the economy. Um, you know, as, as your listeners probably know, this pipeline was banned by the Obama administration, uh, and then it was streamlined by the Trump administration, and now once again it's being banned again. So that's not good. You have resources that are idle, waiting to find out what's going to happen in the political realm. Uh, that, uh, yeah, now, now we have workers who once again have to look for other work. Uh, Long term, I think, I think, People know that fossil fuels are slowly on the way out. It's happening in the marketplace, not necessarily driven by government, um, although in some cases it is. So the pipeline may have 
consequences on gas prices um, in sort of the short to intermediate term, but I think long run, I think the economy is heading in a different direction. What about the uh, other jobs that depend on that pipeline? I mean, we talk about 10,000 pipeline jobs or whatever the number was, but that's multiplied several times over by the support jobs that it also generates, and they're gone too, I would guess. Without a question, this is a disruption to that pocket of our economy. Um, and it's unfortunate, really, that it, 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 the seesaw goes back and forth. I mean, um, you know, people make long-term plans. They want to raise children. They want to start lives in certain parts of the country. And, um, and this is very disruptive, yes, not only to the direct workers, but also to those that support them. Is there any chance, even if it was reinstated, that it could get up and running again? Or do you think anybody would be, uh, people would be hesitant to invest in it at this point? Yeah, that's, that would be uh, a wise decision, I think. Um, executive orders can be challenged by the courts, and, um, yeah, I'm guessing that's going to happen. Uh, can't predict exactly what we'll see, though. Is the person who's finally going to get their way under these kind of discussions, whomever can occupy the White House for more than just four years, but for eight years, and then maybe a legacy of a like-minded individual for another uh, eight years, is that the person who will win the day when you have policies going back and forth and back and forth? We, I think, I think there are certain, certainly parts of the economy that would that would like that, regardless of your political affiliation, some stability. Uh, does allow for long-term investments that you know will be bound, um, and this this waffling back and forth on energy policy is is not helpful. Uh, we are in a kind of an era of change, though, and so smooth transitions never really occur. Um, when you look historically at, at transitions from steam into oil, etc., it's always been kind of a rocky road that has involved gains and losses short-term for workers and for investors. So more of the same but uh, not ideal. Let me put you on the spot, Professor. Uh, $650 billion Republican plan for coronavirus bailout, $1.9 billion or trillion dollar plan from the Democrats that includes, I think, some $350 billion to bail out states from their pension woes. What impact is this going to have? Which plan is better, in your opinion, a targeted one that the Republicans have or, or the more broad approach? Uh, you know, we live in such a, a, a crazy time right now, um, and there is not a perfect science on how to do this. So it is just opinions. We we can't do a controlled experiment, for example, that the doctors do with the vaccines, where they apply it to one group and not the other group and see what the vaccine did. We would love to see what does $1.9 trillion do to an economy and then have another economy next to it where it doesn't get the $1.9 trillion so we can compare what happened there. Uh, so we re- rely on, on, on theories that could or may or may not apply in these situations. So it's, it's, it's guesswork, honestly. Um, 1.9, 600 billion, what, what, what is the right number? Nobody knows. Um, these bills also are packed with lots of things that people like to see in their jurisdictions. You know, it's pork belly spending as well. So um, I think there's uh, room for negotiation. I think Biden has indicated, and he's actually had conversations with moderate Republicans about getting the number down, and I think he is willing to negotiate on that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a number fall between these two. Well, uh, they said this morning that he listened carefully but didn't commit to anything, so that's a good question. But, you know, (laughs) if, if, you know, a broad approach like that would just seem to be like throwing money at it. Wouldn't something more targeted to the needs be preferential? Yes. The the big question is these, for example, the the checks that that go to all households under a certain threshold of income, 
um, some people are still fully employed. Some people don't have things to spend their money on, and so the, you know, I'm not, I, we would all love to be in this position. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it's uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. Thank you very much for the seven dollar check. I'll guess I'll use it and put it in my kid's savings account or something, but not really needed. Um, other people, of course, are out of work and are very much needed. So it would really be nice to be able to target this. Now the Republican plan does involve lowering the threshold on income down to 100000 so some of the what we call more middle class or upper middle class families will not no longer qualify for it. That might be more targeted, um, again, but some people could be in, in this kind of middle income bracket and just still be out of work right now, so it's, it's, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a blunt instrument. Helping out uh, local governments is, um, you know, something that the federal government's certainly done before, um, and it's, uh, yeah. I interviewed you a couple of years ago, and I asked for the state of the U.S. economy. Can well, So two questions. One is, what's the state of the U.S. economy, if you can say so? And then the other thing is, can we look at just the U.S. economy anymore, and do we have to always include you know, all the rest of the world, all the recessions in the world, and the European recessions in particular, and China's influence? Can, can we ever say uh, just how the U.S. is doing? Increasingly not, but I think we still can. I think it's still possible for one country to suffer economic consequences. You know, we're all suffering in the world from coronavirus. We're all in the same ship going up or down with it. But um, sometimes there can be economic effects that, 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 are, that are regional, um, that affect the European Union, but not the U.S., or could affect China, but not the U.S. We've seen that before. Um, it would dampen the economy in, in, in er- different areas, but uh, there is a certain amount of independence. Uh, as we move forward and we become more global, this is something that's happened, started in the 1950s and hasn't stopped, regardless of who your president is, uh, then we are increasingly tied together in these things. So it's, uh, it's a good point that you raise. Lawrence, uh, my yes, worth... Two questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what is the state of the U.S. economy, just in, in a nutshell? Yes. Well, you know, it's it's it's... It's in transition, and economies in transition are difficult and inspiring all at the same time. We have, uh, you know, new entrepreneurs on the internet doing all kinds of great things to improve their careers that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. And yet, at the same time, you have people who are in what we call sundown industries that, in the new kind of virtual economy that we're built into here due to the to the virus and the pandemic, you have winners and losers. Um, and again, the economy has been around this block before. It's very flexible, you know, it's going to end up the losers are going to find new positions, the winners are going to succeed beyond their dreams, and it's these transitions that, that, that bring this all about. Uh, so as you, as you average it all together, I mean, it was a difficult year, the economy didn't do well last year, but it, uh, it will bounce back. What about things like are going on right now with Reddit and with Robinhood and where the small investors are, in effect, uh, giving Wall Street uh, a fit? Is, and then Wall Street, of course, responds by shutting down trading and shut, t- saying to the little guy, hey, you have no right to try and make money. We're the ones making money. Doesn't this destroy a confidence in one very important segment of the economy? I'm not sure if it destroys confidence. I, I personally love the idea that um, it's become more democratic and that we have uh, young people, uh, middle-aged people who otherwise would not be involved, who are uh, can can now trade stocks for free, um, and that they can co- they can coordinate with each other as Wall Street has always done uh, to mass a support for one stock or one area of the economy. Uh, you know, everyone learned a lot from this. Next time, the shock won't be so abrupt. You know, wow, people on Reddit really do control things. So Wall Street has learned its lesson. Um, Reddit might not be as successful next time. Um, 
but that the fact that this has become more open and democratic is a story I just I just applaud. Um, I really feel bad for those who lost money in this crazy cycle over the last week or two, but um, but it's uh, you know. It's, I think in the end, it's, it's, it's good for capitalism. Well, when you say Wall Street has learned this lesson, that could be one of two things. It could be that they've decided to stop trying to uh, marginalize the small investor, or it could mean they found a way around it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm going to favor for the first, I'm going to argue for the first one. I, I just don't think there's anything stopping this internet. These guys in California um, and Robinhood and other companies like that, there's no stopping them. They've got the, the, the consumer is going to, over time, gravitate to these to these places that offer that don't, don't charge you for buying a stock. I mean, how long was that going on? All right. An additional remark: What else has gone on? What are the great questions that I declined to ask today? Sort of give us a closing uh, remark. Oh, um, well, we hit some really interesting points. I mean. Um, Biden, is, it's not just the energy, it's the whole climate thing, and so we're back in it. We're back in the, the, the Paris Climate Agreement, um, and I think a lot of Americans aren't sure what that's going to mean. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's just ceremonial at this point. Um, the Paris Climate Agreement is, uh, is the only thing the world has to try to combat climate change, and it's going to be interesting to see what role the U.S. plays moving forward. Um, I think some Americans are worried about what's going to happen to the price of energy and the price of gas, and I don't think it's going to change by much over the next four years, but um, in the next century, probably. All right. Well, thank you so much for your observations and your insights. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for checking in today. Nice, Tom. Thanks for having me, guys. You have a great morning. You too. Take care. Thank you. Tom Kinneman, professor of economics from Bucknell University, uh, talking about Keystone XL Pipeline and uh, just this uh, flip and flop of who's making the decisions is uh, not (laughs) ideal. Sounds like a comedy team, flip and flop. (laughs) (laughs) What's it there? Oh, click and clack, right? Something like that. The, the NPR auto guys that uh, retired not too long ago. All right. Well, we have open lines right now. You can comment on something that you just heard. Tom Kinneman say, the uh, Dr. Tom Kinneman, the professor of economics at Bucknell. Or you can have an observation of your own. We had AOC with uh, some personal disclosures in her Instagram with about 100,000-plus followers last <laughs> night. And uh, we can talk about that. Or, uh, of course, the impeachment trial is still commanding quite a bit of attention. Uh, the pandemic is still out there, and uh, a lot of unhappy oh. people contacted us and said they weren't. Uh, they were really irritated at Geisinger yesterday. They canceled COVID vaccine. Well, how many people are going to go for an appointment in a snowstorm, a blizzard? Uh, about two dozen oh, okay. got turned away by the locked door. After oh, you mean they went there and didn't realize? Well, yeah, it was after being told though. that it was rain or shine. So yeah, they. Well, it wasn't raining and it wasn't shining. Good point. <laughs> Good point. All right, right. Uh, so we can talk about that or anything else you wish. Call us now one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Enjoy that uh, opening sweet spot at the beginning of the show where you can help set the tone for the, some of the conversation for the rest of the show. Something you want to talk about? One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five you can email us at on the market wkok.com and you can text us at seven zero two three six we invite you to do what i've done that's go to sunbury motor company one address i like is the sunburymotors.com but you can go to the north fourth street plaza area where they got the lincoln dealership and uh, the uh, fords and uh, they got the service base there and the quick lane you can also go to the kia dealership on routes 11 and 15 uh, at run 
Runyon Road, and that's where you find the Kias, and you'll be very happy to uh, visit Ernie or Austin at the Kia dealership. They'll take fabulous care of you. We know that to be true. Uh, you can also just uh, just surf the web at the Sunbury Motor Company. Find uh, the hundreds of pre-owned vehicles that are literally in perfect condition and been through a 200-point check and are ready for you uh, to purchase, or you can buy a brand-new Ford, Hyundai, or Kia online. They have all of their brand-new vehicles that are on the lot. So the cars had some snow on them yesterday, but they're cleaning them off even as we speak. And uh, But you can see them online without the snow on them and then tell them, hey, I want that green one that I saw online. And they say, hey, we just cleaned it out. We'll bring it down to your house and we'll get you swapped out. So the Sunbury Motor Company, super serving customers, snowstorm or not. Maybe you have an observation about the snowstorm. Give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. Sunbury Motors Ford is bringing in 2021 with a bang. SMZ has just received shipments of the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Save up to nine grand on the totally redesigned F-150, which was just awarded North America's Truck of the Year for 2021. Sunbury Motors has 67 F-150s in stock and arriving soon. SMC is introducing the highly anticipated 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. The new Bronco's retro design reflects its iconic heritage from the 60s and 70s. Sunbury Motors has them in stock starting at just $28,200. Pick from 61 of the top selling Ford Escapes with savings up to $8,250 and slash to as low as $22,380. SMC is where you want to be in January for discounts up to $11,000 on the largest selection of new Fords in the Susquehanna Valley. And everyone is clearly marked for this massive sale. Sunbury Motors Ford in the 4th Street Auto Plaza. Proudly serving all of central Pennsylvania for over a century. Hurry, sale ends Monday the 1st. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Inquiring minds want to know everything that's going on nationally and locally. So we'll invite our congressmen to call us in the days ahead if they so choose to. And we would just love to hear from all of them. Uh, we talked to Senator Casey, what, two weeks ago or so, and uh, some CBS experts from time to time. If you'd like to suggest to someone that we uh, let them know that we're interested in talking to them, uh, suggest a guest. You can do that. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. we got one caller waiting and another one uh, coming, coming in. in. Good morning, Eric. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. About 15 inches down here in, in lovely Port Freverton. Um, so, uh, Republican leader Mitch McConnell has called out uh, several of his um, colleagues for continuing to perpetuate these absurd theories that uh, that the election was stolen and so on and so forth. Um, Fred Keller, um, go on to his website, latest news. Keller joins heat members in denouncing President Biden's continued assault on American energy production. So Keller is denouncing the current president, yet to my knowledge he has never denounced President Trump for his actions uh, on the 6th of January. Uh, thoughts on that? Well, the President Trump was a train wreck of a human. What would Fred Keller care about that? I mean, he was really just interested in policies and decision-making and things that would relate to his constituents. I think there was, if you are a staunch Republican and a Trump supporter, you have a suspension of disbelief that is just beyond recognition. I mean, movie makers must love you, because you'll accept anything that they put on the screen. And, and likewise, I, I think there was probably, I can't imagine what behavior would have finally made 
uh, President Trump, uh, you know, be uh, disliked by his great followers. There was nothing he could say and nothing that he could personally do uh, that would deter them. But because stop, they were stop for a second. No, no, they were laser focused on the policies, the things that related to energy, the things that related to jobs, the executive orders that could hurt or could help the economy and wouldn't uh, would fix things that were hurting the economy. So they were just, you know, it's sort of like you had a parental filter on your TV. You can, you know, you know, Eric, you can en enact that on your TV so you don't see any certain kind of films and, and whatever it happens to be. Well, I, I think President Trump's followers have a, a, a sort of a progress filter. It doesn't matter what he does. If it moves the country forward one inch, it's okay. Listen, here's the thing. 47% of the American people say they won't take the vaccine. You know, we all think differently in this country. Some people believe the election was stolen. Some people believe it was more than fair. Other people believe something in between. We're never going to get everybody thinking in the same direction. And if we're going to be kind to people, I go back to being tolerant. I accept the fact that some people disagree with me. I can't pound Eric's brain into molding completely with mine, nor do I want to. I think our, a lively discussion is what makes this country worth living in. The fact that we can do it, we can have it. If Eric chooses to believe that President Trump is a, a terrible person, fine. I choose to believe he's a, a wonderful guy. That's okay in this country, too. I don't. It but. is up to the point where the acting president or the current president of the United States attempts to uh, overthrow and leads an He didn't attempt to overthrow. He didn't do, trial, didn't uh, do either of those things. Eric, he, he didn't attempt to overthrow the government. He made a bad choice of words, a terrible statement, should have kept his mouth shut, should have conceded the election a long time ago, but he didn't. But, you know, now what we're doing is we're whipping people into a frenzy for a second con uh, for a conviction this time when the sole purpose of that is not to punish him for what he did, but to keep him from ever running again. That's political. That's not outrage over uh, an insurrection at the Capitol. And we call that an insurrection, but what goes on in Portland, we call that an unlawful assembly. You know, let's face it, we're, we're playing politics on almost everything these days, and it stinks. If President Biden would come out and say, I agree with what's happening in Portland, attack, we have to fight, we have to, we have to fight like hell for whatever, I would call out the President of the United States, too, for that. And, but he's not, of course. Of course he's not, because President Biden is acting presidential. My focus on Mr. Keller is the fact that he refused to call out anything about the president's behavior during the entire time he was in office, and then lately at the last big actions he took right before he left office, yet right here he's already calling and denouncing President Biden already for for something what I consider is minor. Is that the word he used? I didn't read, I didn't, don't read Fred's Keller website. Keller joins heat members in denouncing President okay. Biden's continued assault on American energy production. This is on Fred Keller's website. Okay, so he's denouncing it. And is that? that his right? I, I, I'm calling upon Mr. Keller as my elect, duly elected and honestly elected representative to come out and say what he thinks or to denounce the actions of President Trump as a way of finally putting to bed this whole Trump, you know, following that this election was thrown and these continued per perpetuation of okay. these lies that these Trump members are, are continuing to perpetuate, including some members of Congress. I think towards healing to say what President Trump did was wrong. He needs to stand and be responsible for his actions and then move forward. There. Until that wound is healed, until the time that we can say, hey, this, this 
former president did wrong. He's responsible for his actions. Uh, the uh, House of Representatives and the Senate was attacked. People were killed, Joe. Okay. Five people died, including a law enforcement officer. Yet you want to just brush okay, aside the table and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nobody wants to brush hold it aside, but there are people Thank killed you, every weekend Thank in you. Chicago through oh, yes. bad actors. You know, let's let's be honest. If killing people is wrong, and it is, let's denounce all of it. Let's make sure we <laughs> correct all of the problems. It's time for Joe's annual concern about the killings in Chicago. No, Only when they got worse. They got worse this weekend again. No, I'm just saying that the problem. The problem we have in this Paul. country is that we're condemning some things, but not everything, and it's political. Paul, you're on the mark. <laughs> yes, I was calling because the other day I was uh, asking about uh, the idea of disqualifying the president from ever running, and I thought it was based on the 14th Amendment, but I was wrong about that. I've studied over my Constitution, and uh, uh, Article One, Section 2 gives the uh, House of Representatives the power of impeachment, but it's in the uh, section three of Article One about the Senate. In the sixth paragraph and the seventh paragraph, it tells about the Senate. In the seventh paragraph, it does say that uh, uh, if, if impeachment, if he's convicted by the Senate, he's removed from office and he's also disqualified to hold and enjoy uh, the office, uh, any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. But then the party after they're out of office, they can still be indicted and have a trial, a judgment and punishment according to the law. So that's what we were talking about, that, uh, that now that he's a private citizen, um, it really should be that he should be indicted in a federal court to convict him concerning this uh, uh, charge of cons conspiracy and so forth, it would seem. But... Uh, well, the 14th okay, Amendment actually, well, you can call it back. The 14th Amendment actually says that uh, he is disqualified if he's convicted and that they can take a vote to remove that disqualification. So maybe there's conflicting stuff there. If they so choose. If they so choose. <laughs> Which they won't. Well, I don't think they're going to get to the conviction at this point. That seems very much in doubt. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury. We'll continue open phones another hour. This at WKOK Sunbury. This is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On The Mark, we're going to check some brief headlines and open up the phones. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. On The Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at On The Mark at WKOK.com, and you can text us at 70236. Let's check WinterNet briefly, brought to you by Oberdorf Carpet. The Penn College is opening at 1230 today, and Luzerne County Community College is closed. All the rest of the schools around here are either closed or on remote learning. The Service First Federal Credit Union offices will be opening at noon. Members' Choice Credit Union offices will open at 10 a.m. Greater Susquehanna 
Telescope Valley YMCA branches will open at noon today, except Mifflinburg will open at 2. Northumberland County Senior Centers are closed today. Uh, Northumberland National Bank opening their offices at uh, 10 a.m. And in Northumberland, please follow the Tuesday street sweeping. Don't do as my uh, distant neighbor up the street did. Park on the wrong side so the plow has to go out around you and uh, they're not coming back. So we, it's a missed opportunity. All right, sorry. All right, in the news today, the big out, the dig out from a foot and a half of snow is underway in the valley. Most areas were the, uh, the uh, snow was blown away by Joe McGranahan and his snowblower. Schools are either closed or on remote learning. All roads are said to be passable this morning. We know of no closed roads. Local county communication centers report the all clear overnight. Monday, a section of Route 235 was closed between Route 522 in Snyder County and Juniata County because of a tractor-trailer crash. That is now open. Governor Tom Wolf issued a disaster emergency declaration giving him additional rights uh, to do, among other things, reduce speeds and restrict travel further on Interstate Highway and prioritize the delivery of COVID-19 vaccines coming into the state. The state had hoped they'd hit uh, 2 million vaccines by the end of this week. Tier 3 in restrictions are still in place, according to PennDOT, which means the entire length of Interstate 80. No commercial vehicles are permitted. Additionally, all school buses, commercial buses, motor coaches, motorcycles, RVs, motorhomes, and passenger vehicles that are towing trailers are not permitted on effective roadways. While those restrictions are in place, you can read the full list of those restrictions at WKOK.com. Some good news on the vaccine front. The state did say over a million individuals in Pennsylvania have been vaccinated at least one time under the vaccination program. 3,000 new cases of COVID-19 were confirmed on Monday's count for the first time since November. That's a lower number. And hospitalizations are down. Geising are only 160, uh, no, check that, 116 people on board at Geising or Danville. Of course, they've been up into the 180s uh, during the peak uh, earlier this year. Evangelical Community Hospital has six fewer patients. Uh, they are down to 24 patients admitted with COVID-19, one of whom is on a ventilator. I think at their peak, they were up in the 80s, 80-some uh, people on board at Evangelical Community Hospital. Evangelical Community Hospital says the Phase 1A vaccine clinic scheduled uh, for today has been delayed until Wednesday, February 3rd. All individuals with appointments will be contacted directly. The COVID-19 test site will have a delayed opening today. They'll open at 11 a.m. today. Geisinger's four community COVID-19 vaccine centers will be opening at noon today. That's a delayed start because of the winter storm. The Geisinger Health Plan building, the Hughes building near Danville, will be opening at noon today to resume the vaccinations. They'll try to schedule everything else. And something that probably made Joe happy, Kathy Bookvar is resigning. She's out as Secretary of State in Pennsylvania as of Friday. Uh, the particular failure that led to her resignation was to advertise a proposed constitutional amendment on sexual abuse or to not advertise it, failing to advertise right. it last spring as required. Governor Tom Wolf announced on Monday the change effective this Friday. Because of that error, it won't be until 2023 at the earliest that that law changing the retroactivity of the sexual assault laws in Pennsylvania can go into effect. Adi didn't fire her for changing the election rules, but he's firing her for forgetting a deadline. 
Well, he was in on that, some of those rules. <laughs> I mean, she suggested many, and he imposed them, other changes she made. But th- those were all perfectly normal and permitted oh, under Oh, no, they weren't. They state violated the state constitution. Of emergency that was underway in Yeah, and a self-declared emergency. Uh, I declare an emergency, and then I okay. can rewrite the laws. I've <laughs> okay. got to remember that. <laughs> yes, I declare an emergency in Shemokin Dam. From now on, Ross Construction will do all of the snow plowing in my driveway. And from now on, everyone will pay me a monthly fee of $100. <laughs> (laughs) Yes, whether you snow blow their sidewalk or not. Right. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Open phones we can talk about. Kathy Bookbar and uh, the uh, exploits that uh, were (laughs) enjoyed while she was in office. (laughs) Or other topics. We got open phones. We had an economist on the line earlier. Open phones. We got two calls waiting. We'll start with Van. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. I'd like to talk about a big concern I have with where this country's headed that's headed in so many bad directions but when i see for the past four years plus we've seen donald trump demonized as he's he's such a bad person he's going to get us into a war he's going to do this he's so bad for the country he's a racist he's a homophobe he's a xenophobe he's all these things and now we're seeing the left going after him to try to have him impeached when he's not even in office anymore they just can't let the guy go. And now we're seeing some of that is starting to pass on to his so-called followers, which is interesting you know, how anyone who is a conservative that agrees with Trump, they're called his followers. You know, like, they, like it's a little cult that the left wants to have these people segregated, and they, they're, they're talking about re-education camps. And now if that ever happens or not, I kind of doubt it. But that's what the left wants. And what we're witnessing now is a cancel culture where anyone, like the MyPillow guy, there is Kohl's no longer sells his product. He's, he's been demonized and, and no longer allowed to have his product sold by certain companies. And we're seeing the left coming out, you know, like, even like on your program, like Tom, I think it's Tom, he, he says Republicans are nuts. And there, there's name calling on both sides. But now it's reached a point where we're uh, platforms taking conservatives off. They're being completely shut down. We saw that with with a site, and I can't even think what the name of it was now. Parlor. That yeah, Parlor was pulled down. And there's there's Christians now that are being attacked. Pastors out in California. There's one guy that he's he's been arrested. There's churches that are being fined for having services. They're being demonized over and over again. And we've finally reached a day in America, like the Bible predicted, when good would be called evil and evil would be called good, when transgenderism, now they're allowing transgender people in the military, they're allowing these transgender men to compete in women's sports in high school and in colleges, and, and on and on it goes. And if anyone on the, on the right says anything against these people because of political correctness, they're immediately condemned and called a bigot or a homophobe, some some name tag is placed on them to demonize the person. And it, it goes right back to, to Nazi Germany. And you may think this is a, an extreme viewpoint, but the Jews were, were marked as the trouble. They were the people causing the trouble in Germany. And what I'm seeing in America is Christians now and conservatives, but especially Bible-believing evangelical Christians are be, being demonized as they're the problem. 
Well, there, there are certain similarities, but I, I think that, you know, they're trying to shut us up, not kill us. <laughs> well, that, it started out that way, too, with, with the Jews in Germany. But what I'm seeing is when people are calling for extreme action, re-education camps, and I know, Joe, you think Donald Trump had something to do with the so-called insurrection. You know, that if there would have been an insurrection, that, that place would have been destroyed. There would have been congressmen killed if there would have been an insurrection. There was a few people that got out <laughs> so of hand and so some other people joined in. And so, we agree, so we agree that he's culpable. We, we just can't decide what he's guilty of, in other words. Is that what you're saying? Were you insurrections not the no, right he, word? He's not. He's not culpable. You know, the, the, everyone is accountable for their own actions. You know, Steve Steve Scalise was shot by someone who supported Bernie Sanders, and nobody came out and said this guy did it because Bernie Sanders told him to do it. You know, it's, it's like the guy that shot John Lennon. He said that you know that some some spirit told him to do it. Well, what's what's the story? Is is everyone responsible for themselves? I think they are. You know, I, I saw videos inside the Capitol building where they had the velvet ropes, and the people were walking inside the velvet ropes. Yeah. They weren't running all over destroying things. There was more statues destroyed by Antifa and BLM in Washington, D.C., and more damage done in a monetary amount than whatever happened down there in the Capitol on the 6th. And another thing is that oh, hold, hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Van, no other thing. we got another caller going, and you're up to four minutes. The limit's three. So please, just a quickie, quickie closing comment. Go right ahead. Well, the thing of it is, on the 6th of January, the mayor of D.C. knew there was going to be a huge rally there. And because the left wants to say the right's so bad, they could have had that place with a lot of protection. And this, this was nothing but a show when they brought in the 25,000 troops. It was a show because they knew there was not going to be an attack on, on D.C. There never was going to be an attack. There was never going to be an attack in any of the cities across this country by the people on the right. All that right, was just we a got show you. to demonize the people even farther that are on the right. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you so much, man. Really points, appreciate man. the thank call. You. Yep, appreciate, appreciate your call. Paul, you're on the mark. Yes, uh, we were talking about the trial of the president and that I had found uh, three places in the Constitution where it talks about impeachment. Now, Joe was saying something about the 14th Amendment when we ran out of time uh, about the uh, insurrection, the 14th Amendment. Right. Do you remember, Joe, yes, what you were he, saying? If he was found guilty, if he was convicted, that, that section of the 14th Amendment automatically makes him ineligible to serve in any other federal elective office. However, the Congress could take a vote to rescind that part of it and, even though he was convicted, allow him to serve again. They don't have to take additional action if they find him guilty of rebellion? Not according to the 14th. No, if, you, if you're accused of that and convicted of that, if that's the charge, uh, is it sedition? I forget what the rebellion charge Rebellion and sedition, I believe it well, is. Well, then, yeah. if he's convicted of that, he can't serve yeah, anymore. I think it uses the word insurrection in the 14th Amendment. Um, but uh, the point, uh, uh, the further thing I wanted to mention was in the in the um, uh, Section 3, uh, Paragraph 6 about the Senate, it says again there, when the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. Uh, that, it doesn't sound to me like there's any wiggle room there. Um, uh, he, he's going to be tried because he was the president, and the action was taken while he was the president. And uh, um, there, 
there needs to be some explanation from Chief Justice Roberts. Either he's not obeying the Constitution, or uh, um, or it's not a trial of impeachment of the president. And the the charge against uh, Donald Trump is that you know, as president, he did an impeachable offense. So that there needs to be some explanation from Judge Roberts. I don't see how he can get out of this because. Um, what what uh, Trump is being tried on is that he was the president, and 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 he and they're claiming he was involved with this insurrection. So, um, uh, I, I would think that the lawyers from uh, for Donald Trump, when they go to this trial, should they should make a motion immediately to dismiss this because the chief justice is not presiding. There's no wiggle room in that in that sentence when the president of the United States is tried. The chief justice shall preside. I but mean, he is not the president of the United States. I think that's the issue. But he, but then but then they, they can't try a private citizen. They can I, only, I, I according agree. to well, Article 2, Section 4, <laughs> the president, vice president, and all officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for conviction of treason, bribery, right. or other high crimes and misdemeanors. I, I so agree. With, they, I, cannot bring a, they cannot bring an indictment against anybody who is not an officer of the United States. He's being tried as the president of the United States when he was the president. Right, but, but, but hold on, so hold on, hold on. You bring up so some interesting. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You bring up some interesting Jeez. points. I mean, I, it's yesterday, Than uh, Than Mitchell, when he called in, and he was right. He said, "So uh, somebody in the last few days of their their administration can do something pretty horrible and skate." No, there's got to be. This has to be sorted out. If he's uh, guilty of something, it's probably a criminal act that he should now be treated as any other citizen, since he's no longer in office. There's no no statute of limitations hasn't run out on the alleged offense. And, so, And what the Democrats are hanging their hat on is the fact that they have received an impeachment from the House. And there's nothing in the Constitution that says, well, if the president leaves office in between, then you don't have to act on that. They, you, they are told in the Senate that when you're handed an impeachment from the House, you have to hold a trial. An impeachment of a president, but he's no longer the president. Right. You and I see that, but they see that as, well, this is completely valid because he was president, but he's no longer president, and the only caveat they see to it is that he is doesn't have to be judged by, the judge doesn't have to be the president of the Supreme Court. You know, it can be chief the justice. chief justice. It can be somebody else. Uh, Paul, we'll give you the last word. Go right ahead. Well, it, it still seems to me that that would be the grounds for dismissal because uh, um, the the only people that can be impeached um, in Article 2, Section 4 are the president, the vice president, and all civil officers of the United States. Uh, he's, he's being tried because he was the president, and the, the Constitution says in Article uh, uh, 1, Section 3, Paragraph 6, that the president of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. So uh, Chief Justice Roberts needs to explain either he's not obeying the Constitution <laughs> or he doesn't believe this is a valid Well, he told the New York trial. Post. There's he did, he did explain. There's something going on here, and he needs to explain it, and otherwise they, the, the uh, lawyers for Trump should call for dismissal of the 
uh, impeachment charge. But right, the president, but president, you, president Paul, Trump you. does receive benefits that only flow to a prior president of the United States. He gets Secret Service protection. He gets a pension. Yeah, but those you are add-ons that the Senate has chosen. But he wouldn't do. get them if he weren't a president. So, I mean, does that convey enough of grounds for them to have jurisdiction in an impeachment trial? He's no longer actively the president, but people will still call him Mr. President. Mm-hmm, he will mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. get certain benefits flowing to him from his presidency. Mm-hmm. So isn't it un, is it unreasonable to say that under those circumstances he should be answerable to the same laws a president is answerable to? Well, and I think uh, the Senate is on fair ground to, to keep asking that question. I, I don't think they're necessarily doing the right thing, but I do think that part of the punishment is forward thinking for former office holders, that they not be able to hold future office holders. So I think because of that aspect of the potential punishments, they should continue with the trial. You know, it isn't moot. Uh, He could be barred from holding future office. Well, if anybody wishes to discuss this, give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. We had the COVID numbers. The state says they've jabbed a million people, and they hope to jab a million this week. I'm sure the snowstorm has put the squelch on that, uh, but uh, that's their goal. 1-800-795-9565. Let's just not put Kathy Bookvar in charge of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, they changed the rule, Joe. You can get your second vaccine shot, but you need to go to Berwick okay. on foot, <laughs> walking along the North Shore tracks. Wearing a feathered hat. Today. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We will be right back. Sunbury Motors Ford is bringing in 2021 with a bang. SMZ has just received shipments of the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Save up to nine grand on the totally redesigned F-150, which was just awarded North America's Truck of the Year for 2021. Sunbury Motors has 67 F-150s in stock and arriving soon. SMC is introducing the highly anticipated 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. The new Bronco's retro design reflects its iconic heritage from the 60s and 70s. Sunbury Motors has them in stock starting at just $28,200. Pick from 61 of the top selling Ford Escapes with savings up to $8,250 and slash to as low as $22,380. SMC is where you want to be in January for discounts up to $11,000 on the largest selection of new Fords in the Susquehanna Valley. And everyone is clearly marked for this massive sale. Sunbury Motors Ford in the 4th Street Auto Plaza. Proudly serving all of central Pennsylvania for over a century. Perfect sale ends Monday the 1st. Well, <laughs> that was Mark. You had one button. One to push. job to do. You're <laughs> the right, Kathy Bookvar of Sunbury Broadcasting oh, oh. Corporation. Do we? I, I, I'm sorry. Penlive did a fabulous article, and I'm only halfway down. Do we know what precisely she didn't do when? No, I, okay. I read part of the pro, part of the story, but I didn't have time with all my snow blowing this morning to read the whole okay. thing. Just I was amazed when I saw the story. You know, everybody said, oh, Trump appointed hacks. People can't think straight, can't get it right. I don't hear anybody saying, why would the governor appoint such an incompetent person who can't even get one date right? And she only made one mistake in all of last year. Well, no, let's face it. She made some other mistakes regarding the election. Well, she made some defensible decisions. I'm not going to defend them, but I, uh, the governor can. But uh, but this is a clearly an omission of a failure. You look up train wreck in the dictionary, and there she is. Uh, she made one mistake. <laughs> I'm sure you made a mistake last year. 
I can't think of any. You can't. It didn't stick. Uh, all right. Wow. 1-800-795-9565. Give us a buzz. We have two emails uh, to read. 1-800-795-9565. On the Capitol insurrection, one of our listeners. No, 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 no. The unlawful assembly. <laughs> of what? Well, that's what they're calling it in Portland. Gentlemen, why is it not okay to storm the Capitol, which is federal property and an attack on the U.S. sovereignty, but it is okay to storm and firebomb the U.S. courthouse in Portland, which is also federal property and an attack on U.S. sovereignty? Mob violence is always wrong, signed John, and John's right. Mob violence is always wrong. Well, and many people were arrested in Portland, but not all of them, and it didn't get the kind of FBI crackdown to try to get each and every single one of them, like the Capitol insurrection is getting, it was... Uh, so would you call Portland an insurrection? It was an attempt to bring down the no, government? And, no. no? I, I don't think it was... Their target wouldn't be the U.S. government. I mean, taking down a federal building in Portland Courthouse. Would, have, would have no impact on the overall operation, good operation of but the U.S. But it's an attack on the federal government. Right. No argument there. But it's not... A, an insurrection is to overthrow the government. No, it's an attempt to overthrow. Right. Okay. But I don't think I don't think that you what know, was their goal in I Portland? use the word insurrection for the capital takeover but I don't think their goal was to take over I think they just wanted blood I think they just wanted vengeance to kill people if in the they capital. wanted that why weren't there more guns why wasn't there more violence why weren't more people killed if that was their stated intent see that's what gets me people are saying that's well, what they intended to do but I don't think that is what they intended but they to didn't do. want to hurt police officers it's just that the cops got in the way and this is Lawrence's worthless speculation but I just think that they didn't want to hurt police officers or guards or Capitol Police. They wanted Nancy Pelosi and uh, Vice President uh, Pence. That's who they wanted. So you think if they'd have found them, they'd have killed them? Well, I think they certainly would have been taken into custody. I don't know that they would kill them because, they, you know, they're all... Well, I heard heard them referred to as murderous thugs. Well, I think they're all normal Americans in one sense. They were just completely, you know, into the QAnon and oath keeping and and everything else. Some of that stuff's pretty far out and whacked up. I agree with you on that completely. But I don't think that was their motivation. I think they believed the election was stolen. They wanted to go there to protest. And in any group of large numbers of people, there are going to be some rotten apples. There were in Portland. There were in the the Northwest. I mean, there were bad people there who were intent on violence, and there were bad people in Washington intent on violence. If we don't condemn it all, if we don't try and stop it all, where are we going as a society? We could put all the be kind signs up you want, but if we don't actually live it, we're not going to get any progress. Okay, but what happened there wasn't bad apples. These were individuals that went to the Capitol with overthrow on their mind, or violence on their mind, or getting Nancy Pelosi on their mind. But 90% of the people that were there were just staunch pro-Trump supporters. I would like, say 95, 96 okay, okay, percent. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. The 95.5% the of them were just normal pro-Trump supporters like uh, our good caller Al, who is uh, a uh, Trump loyalist, to use Vance. <laughs> He's a, a great supporter of President Trump. Uh, said he almost decided to go, but decided at the last minute not to. So but he didn't feel compelled by the exactly. president's call. Right. He wasn't an there. insurrectionist. He, he's not part of a mob. He wouldn't have been a bad apple if he had been down there. But the people who went into the Capitol weren't bad apples. They are this 5% of this group that are, you know, members of some, you know, either QAnon or some of them were members of groups and some of them were not. 
but they went there with violence on their mind. They were separate and apart from the rest of the crowd. Most of the people were there. Now, did the regular Trump supporters also get pretty darn fired up? Yes, but they did never went there, and uh, as was literally the case, 90% of the people didn't go in the Capitol And you heard building. President Trump's words. If you were his supporter, would you have been tempted to run down to the Capitol and set it on fire and kill somebody? Yes. The you would have? You, oh, you no, 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 no. I'm sorry. <laughs> the president is partially responsible for this. There's no argument about that. You know, what percentage of culpability? You'd almost have to have a civil trial to determine right. that, you know, present all the arguments against him and all of his He's 30% his liable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I th- well, that's a good guess. I think you're pretty close there. But... Everybody on the show has pointed out a couple times personal responsibility has a lot to do sure with this. Sure, it does. All right, one eight hundred seven. As long as you know the difference between right and wrong, it's incumbent upon you to act on it. Right, and you cannot just be overcome with crowd mentality. That is not a diminished capacity that will get you very far. Won't get you anywhere in a defense in court. All right, we got callers are standing by. One coming in. All right, Chris, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the Trump terrorists so I could say Trump terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> because we are naming things in the Trump era from their point of origin, right? <laughs> Not that I know of. A China virus. Right. You, you agree it's Trump the China terrorist. virus? Uh, yeah, the origin and then the action. That's okay. that's how things get Well, named. if you're going to refer to it as the China virus, you have my permission to refer to it as Trump terrorists. <laughs> okay. You're going to say Trump terrorism then, huh? And China virus. Say You're that too. You're going to say Trump terrorism. China virus. Say it. I want to hear you say it. China virus. I said it. <laughs> Trump terrorism. <laughs> We're going to have to beat Joe. Ah, yes. Joe won't go through with his end of the deal. I don't think it's Trump terrorism. I think it's people who, what could we say? They were inspired by Trump and QAnon and all sorts of things, conspiracy theories that Trump Pushed. Okay, and how about the people who invaded the space of diners at the request of uh, Congressman Maxine Waters? Oh. Are, is she a wa- are they Waters terrorists? Invaded the space of at re- people at restaurants. Diners. She told them to. She told them to don't give them any peace and quiet. Don't let them get away with this. Go after them. You know that she said that. Talk to them. She said, no, she didn't say her. talk to them. She did not say talk to them. No, I think it was like you harass think? them. It was harass them. Better find the quote. Did she say scream at the top of your lungs, Adam? I don't think she said that either. Well, in any event. Yeah, in any event, you're making things no, up. No, I'm right? not. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, he's like not. No, I'm, even Mark <laughs> agrees with me that she did that. She told people. I'll look it up. You guys argue. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, uh, one thing you always talk about is uh, you disagree with this person. You think he's a lousy person, but he had good policies. But... Many of his bad policies actually had derived from his mentality of revenge on people, of pettiness, of uh, making people suffer who he sees as the, his enemy. That, that was very much uh, the source of very many bad policies. And this making this thing up about the election being stolen, that was also a Trump defect in personality. Can't accept losing. Well, I didn't Hello? say he was a gracious loser. What? <laughs> I didn't say he was a gracious right, loser. Right, but you used to forgive his being an ungracious loser by saying it, it, his policies weren't that. 
but his policy, his personality so, determines his policy. Chris, separation can a, of children. Can a bad As man a do it? Chris, 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 can a bad man do a good thing? Can a good man do a bad thing? Well, of course, and he All can right. do some good things. Okay. But he also did a lot of bad things that were a result of his personality that you want to say, well, it's completely separate than his policies. And I'm saying it's not. It had a lot to do with a very much of his bad policies. And of course, I wouldn't list his tax cut as particularly good policy. It was just deficit spending. Well, you want to hear what Maxine Waters said? I have the exact quote. Okay. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see somebody from the, that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere. We've got to get the children connected to their parents, Waters said at the Wilshire Federal Building, according to a video of the event. All right, and she goes on to say uh, later in an MSNBC, an MSNBC interview, Mr. President, we will see you every day, every hour of the day, everywhere that uh, we are to let you know you cannot get away with this. Uh, we should show no sympathy for members of the Trump administration. Quote, the people are going to turn on them. They're going to protest. They're going to absolutely harass them until they decide they're going to tell the president, no, I can't hang with you, President Trump later tweeted, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, an extraordinarily low IQ person, because she's black, of course, he only says low IQ about black women, has become, together with Nancy Pelosi, the face of the Democratic Party. She has just called for harm to supporters, of which there are many, of the Make America Great movement. Be careful what you wish for, Max. Well, my point was that it's on both sides. All right. Go ahead, okay. Chris. She used one word, harass, that might be over the top. Right. Nothing else was. Pushback. Pushback? And that harass can have various meanings, like just go up and say things they don't want to hear, like, you know, your Well, she said yell really and scream, yell and scream and at them. shouldn't be doing it. Chris, she said yell and scream at them, make them feel unwell, let them know they're unwelcome. I mean, come on. But anyway, okay, <laughs> semantics, moving on. Go yeah, ahead, Chris. Right. So... But anyway, the, 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 his personality is part and parcel of his policies, always has been. You can't separate them. Yes, you can. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just explained four of them. Well, I just explained that, you know, he's a flawed human being. I concede that. But that doesn't mean every policy had was some vindictive I didn't say attempt. every policy he had was bad. Well, I'm separating the ones out, the, the good from the bad. You're making it if sound like everything was bad. You break in that, too, don't you? What, the good policy? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think there were parts of it that were good, parts of it that were bad. I feel <laughs> yeah. the same way about Obamacare. Okay. There's parts of Obamacare that are good and parts that are bad. I just, uh, I'm not willing to give anybody a, a free pass. There, there are problem things I don't like about Biden's administration, things I didn't like about Trump's. Chris, you give, we'll give you the last word. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, but until we hear specifics, it doesn't mean much, Joe. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Chris. Thanks Bye. for calling in. Bye, Chris. Uh, Dan, hold on. And Dan and Tom, hold on. Well, I got you, babe. <laughs> There's a reason. What's the reason? Is this it? is the song that Bill Murray hears every time he wakes oh, up. Oh, that's, right. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's yep. right. It is Groundhog Day, and there's... My favorite is when he sees Herb Ryerson and punches him in the face. <laughs>
And the little Bill! <laughs> Bill, yeah, right. The Herb. Little, <laughs> the little bugger, we'll call him, uh, saw his shadow, so therefore six more weeks of winter, although only six weeks, that's not too bad. It is also day two of Be Kind Month. Offer to help someone who may be struggling. Okay. Offer I, I offered to help you, Mark, because you are certainly struggling. <laughs> Thank you. Don't make fun of individuals who struggle. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> I guess that takes the wind out of your well, sails. Well, if I offer to help you and you're not struggling, have I not made fun of you? <laughs> Dan, you're on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, I hear a lot of these Lewisburg liberals, the poor Trevorton liberal, dumping on Fred Keller. And I personally think he's one of the greatest congressmen we ever had. He don't take the middle of the road. He takes the right road. And that's what I like about Fred. He took a stand. He said there's a couple things wrong in the election. And they dumped on him just because he was concerned. And the newspaper dumped on him, and uh, I'm here to support Fred Keller, and I called him twice to tell him he's doing a great job. And a lot of us voters out here, we think there's a lot of questionable activity in this election. Well, I'll never, I'll never really know if actually Biden won. We'll never really know. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Anything else? They just they just dump on him and uh, the the liberals. And I personally, what did Fred Keller ever do wrong except representing his constituents? Well, many of his constituents feel as though he was wrong in his vote to at the certification of electors, and even though he had what he th- said were valid region- reasons, they disagreed right. with that. So they were strongly in disagreement. So they disagree with him. But I don't think the letters to the editor that I've heard about, and I hate to tell you this, but I haven't read a single one, but the ones that I've heard about were just focused on that. They weren't personal or vindictive. They may have said, you know, we need a different state representative. Right. Or, that he's too close to President Trump or something like that, but uh, I I don't think there's anything mean about it. I just think well, there, you haven't read some of them because they pretty much indicated that Fred was a sycophant. Okay, so they say it in a negative way. I got yes. you. Okay, well, okay, but that whatever the president we used to I say about okay. Congressman George Geekus that if Ronald Reagan talked turkey, George would gobble. You know, well the same okay. thing. The same thing is true with what some of the people say about Fred. But that's not the way Fred is. Fred arrives at his own conclusions. He makes up his own mind. Disagree with him if you want to, but he'll talk to you about it and he'll explain his position. All right, Dan, go ahead. Wrap up. Go ahead. Yep. And I, if Fred's listening or any. His other supporters. <laughs> he's, he's not. <laughs> well, we're he, dead to I, him. <laughs> in every anyway, way. All us people that support Fred, we believe he's doing a great job. My good friend, neighbors, and Christians, and other supporters, we believe Fred's doing a great job. And I, went, I can't think of a better congressman that we've ever had. Oh, he's my God. One of the top. And I'm. I'm thankful to the Lord for Fred Keller. 
So. All right, we got you, Dan. Guys, Thank you so much. Yep. You too. Take Thank care, you. Dan. All right. Yep. One of our good listeners uh, hands me a correction. He says, President Trump called Joe Biden low IQ, which is very true. I had forgotten about that. That was last October. That made but, national news. That was the first well, time you, he you called. You didn't read it. He said, Trump called Biden low IQ, but he only calls black women low IQ. Cheap shot there, Mark. Right. Up until last October, it was true. He did reserve it only for black women. But he broke ranks last October. I do remember it very vividly. It was actually national news in the liberal community because President Trump, I mean, it was always very reliable up until then that he would only use that low IQ term for black women. Or, and sometimes it was black men, too, but mostly black women. But in any event, yes, he did reserve that for Joe Biden. That's kind of a funny thing to have to write into the show and say, hey, my president said Joe Biden is low IQ. <laughs> I'm like, okay, quite the guy you're supporting there. All right, Tom, last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. All right, well, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I think Fred Keller was one of the worst state representatives we have, and I think he's one of the worst congressmen we've had. I mean, I'm going by what okay. I read the paper. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise him Dan, me? <laughs> him and Dan Muser, if you look in there how your representative voted, 99% of the time he votes the opposite way I think he should vote. So I disagree with Dan. Yeah, bad for him. so do a lot of other people. That's, that's all i got to say about that. Well, that makes you a Democrat then, doesn't it? That's all i got to say about that. <laughs> okay. Now, on the another thing, on this insurrection, you had all those people out there. There was, I don't know what, there, how many thousands of people were out there? 50,000? 100,000? I don't know. At the Capitol. There were a lot of people. And guess what? Every one of them is guilty <laughs> because there were barriers. There were barriers. There were several sets of barriers that were spaced apart, and they broke through every one of them. Every one of them they broke through. So they're all guilty. They were all on trespassing. And then you had these other ones that didn't actually go in the Capitol, but they were climbing all over it like monkeys. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's an insurrection, Dan. That means that maybe they trespassed, but they weren't necessarily insurrectionists. Well, they're all guilty of trespassing, and crawling up, crawling up a building like a monkey is, is more than trespassing. Well, what is it, then? Well, I don't know what you call it. Well, I don't either, like but you, monkey, don't call, you don't call it insurrection. If you chose to go to uh, Sunbury City Hall and climb the wall, does that make you an insurrectionist? Is it was it insurrection? Were they trying to take over the government, Tom? No, they weren't. The Tom. Yes, they were trying to take over the okay. government. Absolutely. Okay. I didn't read that. Trial, when this trial comes <laughs> up next week, these Republicans that don't think anything happened, if they want to watch it, maybe it'll be in Fox News and they won't even broadcast it. Because they've said a lot of things that are going to be proved that they're wrong. Everything is on video and sound, mm -hmm, and you mm -hmm. can't, you cannot question that. But you I don't know what their defense is going to be. You cannot, you cannot change what's on a video and sound. It's there. Right, but you can There's say... There's no way to change it. But the issue is, what percentage of culpability does the president have? Enough to convict in the a Senate? Lot. Well, it, and you and I say that, but the Senate Republicans will be like, nah, come on, we we need to uh, move on to another and, topic. And, if he had come and out... this thing about picking on Trump, you know, Hillary Clinton, now they only, they only put her in front of the camera one time on Benghazi, one hearing on camera. 
But they had 33 hearings on Benghazi. 33. In the back. In the back rooms. They had 30, they had 32 hearings in the back room. They had one where they put her out front. Remember, and they kept her out there for 11 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they had... How long did they investigate these emails? They were investigating emails long after the presidential election was over. And how long well, did these they... Republicans how, say, oh, just forget this. How long did they oh, investigate just, the Russian just hoax? forget this because this is dividing the people up. Hey, well, Tom. They didn't care about dividing the people up when they were on Benghazi in the emails, I hey, don't think. Hey, Tom, how long did they investigate the Russian hoax? Four years. All right. It didn't prove anything. Thank you, Tom. we got to move on. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Great listener. Great caller. Thank yep. you. I've got three, three emails pending and a caller waiting. We will be right back. Sunbury Motors Ford is bringing in 2021 with a bang. SMZ has just received shipments of the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Save up to nine grand on the totally redesigned F-150, which was just awarded North America's Truck of the Year for 2021. Sunbury Motors has 67 F-150s in stock and arriving soon. SMC is introducing the highly anticipated 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. The new Bronco's retro design reflects its iconic heritage from the 60s and 70s. Sunbury Motors has them in stock, starting at just $28,200. Pick from 61 of the top selling Ford Escapes with savings up to $8,250 and slash to as low as $22,380. SMC is where you want to be in January for discounts up to $11,000 on the largest selection of new Fords in the Susquehanna Valley. And everyone is clearly marked for this massive sale. Sunbury Motors Ford in the 4th Street Auto Plaza. Proudly serving all of central Pennsylvania for over a century. Perk sale ends Monday the 1st. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show, upper right-hand corner, and then we'll put Cindy on the radio. If Chris would ever check his own personality, he just might see the person that he can be. If we're not willing to admit to our own shortcomings and flaws and our own personality, we should never tear apart the person who stands beside us. We are all created equal. Mark, when are you ever going to treat Chris the same way you treat all your other callers? Just saying. I don't think I treat him any different. I don't either. If he says something untrue, I flag it. Most of the time, I would probably agree with his observations. But uh, send another note, elaborate uh, precisely how is uh, he in any way uh, receives dis- preferential treatment. Or, 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 well, she didn't say that. I might <laughs> treat him worse. Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling. Good morning, gentlemen. I believe that what the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania did amounted to gross negligence. Now, if you were a physician, a nurse, an architect, a, there's a hair cutter, there's a plethora of licensed positions in this state, and she would be, if I committed such an error as a registered nurse, I'd lose my license. Yep. But this woman is allowed a protracted resignation process and the possibility of being hired and tucked away somewhere in state government, as we've seen over and over again. Uh, or in local government and continue to misserve, malserve the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I think in this circumstance, we need a law <laughs> that says that if you are removed from your position under similar circumstances, you should be denied the opportunity to hold any other elected position. Can you imagine no, she gets hired in some other we office? We have a law that says if you commit a <laughs> felony, you can be barred from holding political office. But this kind of gross negligence should amount to the being barred from holding any p- political or politically arra- related position. 
so she could get, never get a job in any government agency in the Commonwealth. Well, under Pennsylvania, under Pennsylvania's unemployment compensation law, were she to apply for unemployment compensation for having been fired for cause, she would not be eligible to get it. But she could claim that she had done her very best, and then she might be allowed to receive it. Do you think she no, did her she very best? She wasn't fired. Resigned. She was allowed to resign. Oh, yeah, she resigned. Oh, she was on, okay. Why well, she wasn't she fired for cause. She resign that day and take a box well, worth what? of her worldly goods and leave <laughs> and never come why back. Why wasn't she, she fired? Allowed a whole nother week in office? Well, better yet, why wasn't she fired for cause? She had one job to do and she didn't do it. I think exactly. they said resign and or it, be fired. It doesn't stand the smell test that this failed, this slipped her attention. I, I just don't even find that credible. There are things that you do in your job that are like top flight number one things. Mm -hmm. And you can't afford as a practitioner, whatever your job is, to fail to do those things. And this is an example of that. She's forced a whole nother two years to go by. She's, her negligence has forced the action of the General Assembly again, which should never have had to happen. This isn't some mystery thing. We just went through this a few years ago. So this is no secret process that who would know. It's obvious that this is a highly prioritized issue, and her <coughs> failure should uh, mean she could never serve in government again. And well, unfortunately in Pennsylvania, it often happens that these kinds of malpractices end up getting tucked away somewhere where they suck us dry with earning their pension and <laughs> earning their Uber salary. Well, Mark and I wondered why nobody Thanks. noticed it when it wasn't on the ballot the first time, so... Uh, we have some great emails and texts that we did not get to, so we'll do those first thing tomorrow morning. We'll enjoy open phones on Wednesday, and we invite you to join us on WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. You are listening to WKOK Sunbury.